Definitely fall of 2020, I would recommend Lover Work. It's this great book. Look <laughs> at you, self-promotion. <laughs> you are like, this is unbelievable. That was a joke because wow. that is literally the only book wow. I'm thinking about right now. Good Lord. All maybe I we do. Should, maybe we should add this to our opening bit. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA all-star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. We're back again. We are doing a special episode today just for you. Questions. Questions that we have been hearing from you. We get messages through Instagram. We get emails. Some people gave us messages even while we're recording this through Instagram, uh, through the stories. And so we decided to take a quick minute today to answer some of your questions and to get into the thick of this reality of love and work and kids and all the things. Yes. So one of the first questions was, uh, as you all know, we are in the thick of it. We are finishing this manuscript, hopefully by deadline, which is in one week. And somebody asked how we are going to celebrate when this is done. Hmm. What do you think? Well, first I want to say, man, we've gotten messages from people. We've gotten text messages. We've gotten calls. We've gotten people that have just encouraged us along the way and telling us like they need this, that they want this and um, that this is an encouragement to them. So if you're one of those people, thank you. I also, uh, I, I want to talk about celebration because for me, I have to celebrate, don't I? You are a big promoter of celebration. Yeah. Yes. It's part of our rhythm, rhythm. for yeah. every project we do. And honestly, this has been one of those ones that have been hard to celebrate. Why? Well, because we've like been working never-ending project. Well, I was thinking about it. We've been working on this for two years together, and that—that's a long, hard project. There's been ce- little celebrations along the way, but we haven't done a big celebration. No. Mm-mm. So how are how are you going to celebrate? <laughs> All I need is a stiff drink, and I'm good. <laughs> Listen, we I will just... for sure as a family go to dinner. Without a doubt. The kids will be part of that celebration. I think they're going to be excited we're done with this probably more than we are. Our friends Lydia and Andrew have given us a place to stay, a little a little retreat that's going to be in just like two weeks that we can um, go to their place in Charleston and celebrate as a family. So yeah. I think that'll be a really good time just to slow down and watch sunrises together. And recalibrate. So that's probably the, I don't know, I'm looking at that as a celebration. Yeah, yeah. All right, another question that came through was, how do you plan your crazy schedules together? Yes, it's a never-ending battle. But the first thing that I have to recommend and we recommend is you have to have a a shared shared calendar. calendar. This is like, man, this is... This is low-hanging fruit. First of all, if you're listening and you don't have a shared calendar, I don't know how... You're making it. Yeah. Yeah. I was having a conversation with uh, actually my brother-in-law yesterday, and he was talking to some friends recently about it. And he said, most of his friends do not have a shared calendar. And he was like, 
how do you guys operate? I mean, in general, I think if your partner doesn't know where you are, there might be a follow-up question of what are you hiding? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. that, you went deep and heavy right there. Right. Um, Why wouldn't you share your calendar with one another? Yes, I get what you're saying in that respect. That is definitely deep and heavy. But I would also just say in the context of normal daily life, um, when you are able to both put things on the calendar and then also remind your spouse or talk to your spouse about those things on the calendar, it's just it's a helpful way to start the day. So I usually open the calendar the first thing in the morning and look at you and say, oh, I see you have a meeting at seven o'clock tonight. Okay, what are we going to do, you know, with kids or what, what was the plan? How are we navigating this today? And so it's um, easier to talk about ahead of time when I see all the things already than waiting till six o'clock at night where you remind me that you have a meeting and... Yeah. Then I'm upset, and then I'm frustrated, all of those things. The first thing we do back in July or June or whenever the calendar comes out for school is when the minute that calendar comes on, we add, we add that to our calendar. So the kids' calendar honestly drives a lot. I remember back in the day, we used to go on trips whenever we wanted, and the kids would come along, whatever. But now, with the kids' school calendar, that's usually kind of prioritizes some of our calendar. Um, and then we kind of have these annual check-ins, right? Where we look at the big schedule for the coming year, the big things we want to do as a family, and the big things that are required of our work to do. And then from there, we kind of go on and on and on. But um, and that usually happens over break, like over our Christmas holiday break, when yeah. we just take a real big, huge bird's eye view of the year. But then we also do, I would say, quarterly check-ins for, sure. um, for the next few months when it's busy season, when it's rest time, when there's um, kids' vacations or kids' off-school time, and get planning to that right away. Yeah. Our rhythm looks like this. We have annual things we do together. As a couple, we try to have one weekend uh, every six months together. And weekly, we try to have a date night every week. So those are things that are kind of just consistent, annual or weekly things that we try to hit on together. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What's another question? Let me, let me ask a question. Because uh, this is an interesting thing because we're about to go into this season a little bit. Do you have any advice in supporting a partner when they are sick? Now, you aren't necessarily about to be sick, but you're about to have surgery and so there's some things I need to support you in in that. So this is maybe a question that I'm subvertly trying to ask to make sure that I am prepared to serve you well. Oh, serve me well. Hmm, I like that. Uh, okay, so first I would have to say that for those listening that have a chronically sick partner, we are not in that um, space for Jeff and I in terms of we've we've not had that experience. I am in the medical field, so I deal with that all the time with my patients and their families, um, but we're not going to really talk about that exactly at this moment. We're going to talk about maybe the temporary sickness or like Jeff had Achilles heel surgery uh, last year. And then now I'm about to have shoulder surgery. 
So we're both kind of, it's like when you're out of commission for six weeks, we're kind of talking about that kind of sick. Right. And it's not like the sick where one person has a cold and they're just kind of whining. Which is you. All the time. Can we just talk about how men have some serious problems we, with being sick? We do not need to point fingers. Uh, <laughs> this is this is meant to be uplifting, encouraging. All supporting. you ladies, all you ladies know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, oh, so we're gonna do gender um, kind of over gender norms. Yeah, like that. That do we really want to go there right oh, now? Oh my gosh. Okay, so to support. When somebody's out of commission for quite some time. It's a hard thing. I remember when you were um, had your Achilles surgery, you could not drive. You were in a lot of pain. You had a lot of therapy. Um, so there's lots of driving, lots of taking over the kids because you couldn't do a lot of play things that we usually do. Um, so, yeah, it's hard work when... One partner is out of commission for a while, so yeah, and I, I was, maybe you just need to be prepared for that part. <laughs> well, I think, I think sometimes sickness has such a broad range of definition. But uh, in in this scenario, for us, for you coming up, I mean, there's a season that you're going to need to recover, and I think what we have to realize is in marriage, in sickness, and in health. There are seasons where we have to, one of us has to take a load because the other person is sick. So I think one thing to realize in that season is to kind of go, guess what? Like, I have to do more Mm -hmm. for our family in this time to realize it, to accept it, to not get mad at your partner because of it, but to kind of go, in this season, I have to do more. And another, yes, and another thing I was thinking is that we also need to ask for help. I Mm. think in seasons like this, I mean, we learned last time with your surgery, it was such a blessing when we just asked for help, asked for some rides, asked for some, you know, just pick up the kids from one thing to another, um, that it was the biggest gift. Mm. And we grew with our community, we grew with people and so maybe just asking for more help during this time would be something good to think about as well. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to another question. I received this question from someone um, that was in a little bit of a tension. They said, you know, I really want to grow in my marriage and in our relationship. But it doesn't feel like my partner really wants to grow in our marriage and in our relationship. So if you were in that season, Andre, where you were wanting to improve our relationship, to grow, to learn, but it didn't feel like I was on that journey with you, what would you do? I think there's seasons of that, honestly. I think that um, there are lots of seasons of that. I think growth like ebbs and flows um, for people at different times. Um, I know some seasons, like when there's a lot of stress, um, there's, it's hard to have a big like growth point during that because you're just overwhelmed usually. And so I think, you know, first of all, recognizing maybe that your partner is not, not, not choosing to grow sometimes. 
sometimes life and stress and circumstances just feel too much. And so maybe giving that grace first and foremost of just acknowledging that this is a season. And then second of all, that way the bitterness doesn't take root. You know what I mean? And then second of all is you will never change, ever, ever change your partner. You will never make someone grow. And so in my opinion, the focus just needs to be on you growing and you changing and you um, becoming the person that you are supposed to be. And eventually, with time, your partner's going to see that. Yeah, I do think there has been seasons where you have been on a, a greater growth trajectory than I have and vice versa. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I think if you have that expectation on your partner, you're probably not going to be able to meet that expectation. I think um, I've been reading a book just recently called uh, Mindset. And Mindset has this two different perspectives. There's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset that the author talks about. And it's interesting, I think, in that in that um, book, she talks a lot about the difference of when you feel the most smart. If you feel the most smart when you have something perfect, then you're in a fixed mindset. If you feel the most smart when you're in a growth and learning phase, then you're in a growth mindset. And so it's an interesting thing. I think sometimes we have a partner, a relationship, this could even be a friend that doesn't feel like they're growing with you and you can't control that. You can't control the mindset and the path of the person that you're in relationship with. But I agree with you, you can control the healthiness and growth of your pursuit And I think, I don't know, I will say this. When you are growing, when I have experienced you growing multiple months in a row, it inspires me to want to grow. Right. And nagging doesn't do that. Ever. Never. Never. So our recommendation would be don't nag. Just do your thing. Read your books. Grow in how you want to grow. Read marriage books by yourself if you want to read marriage books by yourself. Um, But do self-discovery, do self-growth and learning, and your partner will see it down the road. Now, if you are with a partner that wants to grow and you want to read a book together or something like that, what book would you recommend, Andre Schoenabarger? Definitely fall of 2020, I would recommend Love or Work. It's this great book. Look (laughs) at your (laughs) self-promotion. You are like, this is unbelievable. That was a joke because that is literally the only book I'm thinking about right now. Good Lord. All I do. Maybe we should add this to our opening bit. My brain is like (laughs) exploding. Okay. um, No, the, I, my favorite (laughs) marriage book, and I recommend this to everybody, anybody in partnership, anybody, this, this really, this book can cross literally all areas of relationship but especially partnership long-term partnership but I would recommend Rob and Kristen Bell the Zimzum of love it's one of my favorite favorite relationship books that's great I have four books I want to recommend oh my lord I mean that kind of just you know I have a growth mindset right they're like 
business books too. Oh my goodness. Leadership books. No, <laughs> I have four really good books. So four books, here's what I have. The first one was an oldie but a goodie that a lot of people refer to that if you haven't read as a couple, it's very important and I think it, it helps. And it's the five love languages. Yeah, good one. Maybe you should reread that one. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> this is the nagging we said not to do. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a... Wow, that was there like in go. real time. Real time. <laughs> real time tension right oh, there, Oh, my folks. goodness. The second that was important to us... I mean, there's a bunch of books around it. It's really a, a, a way to understand more about yourself and more about your partner is the Enneagram, which is very heightened. People are talking about it like crazy right now. On the Enneagram Institute, if you find out what number you are on the Enneagram, there's a really cool functionality that shares if you're in a relationship, if whatever your number is in relationship with another number, and it tells you a lot about your relationship. Reading that Printout for us was probably one of the most helpful things for our relationship. Right. So it's not a book that you're saying right now. Right. It's there, a resource. But there's but multiple there's books. a lot of books that you can read about the Enneagram. Right. Okay. Number uh, three. Number three is a heavy book. Heavy book. It's called The Three Marriages by David White. Not a lot of people have read this book. This is not like an easy read, but for me, it was really transformative, especially in the context of loving relationships and working relationships. I think it is a, it's an incredible read in this topic. If you haven't even checked it out, um, it, it's incredible. And my last one is a light one. I said heavy and light. The light one is, is one we've recommended before, The Five Dates by Mike and Jennifer Foster. It is a really simple thing to reconnect the two of you. You get two little books, one for you, one for your partner. You do the homework, you bring it to the date, and you talk about it. And when we did that project, concept, whatever you call it, together, that book, it was fun. And it, it re reunited us in, a, in an exciting way. Look at that. Bringing out the books. All right, everybody. I think we did a good job of answering most of your questions. I don't know. There's a, there's a big one there that you're. I feel like you're avoiding. Oh, boy. Go ahead. All right. Do you think... There is such a thing as balance, Andre. Okay. Work. You were life. trying to wrap it up, and I, I wanted work, to dig in. Work life balance. This is the constant thing people talk about. And if you've heard our podcast, we probably ask this a lot in our podcast um, with people because. You know, it is the phrase that is constantly going around. It's the thing you're constantly struggling with. It's the thing we just all go crazy about, honestly. Right? So you're just going to talk around it or are you going to answer the question? No, I don't think that there is such a thing as work-life balance. So what is there? I think there are seasons and I think there are rhythms. Hmm. Cool. So that's that's what people just do with that? Like, oh, that that solves my problem. No, I just, okay. So seasons is like a beginning and an end. And so there will be seasons of uh, growth. There'll be seasons of busyness. There'll be seasons of rest. There'll be seasons of whatever it is. But there's a beginning and an end. And so if you are um, only in a season of busy, then you're truly not like balancing this out. 
What do you think about that? I mean, I said seasons and rhythms. What do you think? I think that's a great answer. I think balance is hard to attain, but it is a hope for our lives. And I think at the core, this is the interesting thing with it. I think we're all trying and desiring that for our lives, but it's hard to find. You can't like, like, how do you know you've succeeded? And you can't get that in some capacity. I think. But when I think of balance too, I always think like 50-50. Right. And nothing's really ever 50-50. Right. And as you add more kids, there's even more percentages, right? Like, so for us, like, oh, it's 50% this and 50, oh wait, but then I add another kid. Is that another 50 or does that separate, you know? Like, or I added this more, this other volunteer situation. Does that mean I have to balance that in the midst of all of it? Does everything get 25%? Does that, you know, so it gets complicated. What I will say, and this is where I, I'm a little, I'm, you and I don't agree on this fully. Right. I think the beautiful thing about our current day is that there's more integration than there has ever been before. And I think that is how it should be. I think I'm excited about it because like, for instance, integration for me is like, um, I'm in a meeting and you text message me or call me and I have the ability and option to answer it. That That's a new idea of the of this recent generation. Or, um, you know, I'm at, at the doctor's office for you getting ready for, you know, you were doing some pre-work on for your surgery and I was able to answer some emails for work. And I think that's kind of the new phase that most people get really frustrated by that the integration is happening. I can't ever turn anything off. And I'm like, well, actually, that makes it easier for me to do all the things is because of the integration. Now, are there times that I need to turn things off often? That I would say, yes, often. But the the beauty in it is there's a lot of times where I can be doing multiple things at once and have it integrated into my life seamlessly. I think the interesting thing for me is I went to... Um, Nicaragua with you on our sabbatical. How many years ago was that? Seven. Se- seven years ago. And I remember being in this city and um, just after one month having like all these connections. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And I would just go to the coffee shop in the morning. I was writing and I would meet people. Next thing you know, we get invited to this Thanksgiving dinner in Nicaragua with basically the head of states and all the people that run the city in Granada. And I don't even speak Spanish. And I remember you and I looked at each other and was like, no, that is who you are. That's who I am. You said this to me. It's like, it's crazy. You don't speak Spanish. We're in another country and you connect with these people that are, that are doing really important things in the city and influencing the future of the city. And I can't take that out of me. Like just because I went to another country you can't take that away from me, right? And so when I think about balance, I'm like, the purpose that's within me of who I am, what I am designed to do, how I operate, it's going to go with me everywhere I go. Same thing happened in Mexico Mexico this summer. We, uh, Jada and I went on a little walk. Next thing you know, I find this social enterprise that's based there, and it's an incredible story. It's part of who I am. So balance to me isn't a specifically viewed as time. It's the integration of all that we're made to be. Well, you just preached it right there. 
I still don't really necessarily agree totally. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying, but I think the integration is understandable. It's happening. It's where society is right now, where culture is. But it's also can be unhealthy. Sure. When it isn't turned off. Absolutely. And when there isn't focus on... One thing. One thing. Yeah. When you're constantly distracted. Yes. And if there's anything that drives me more crazy, it's that. Is the, you know, the kid that's tugging on your shirt and talking to you while you're looking at your phone or answering an email or something like that. Like, to me, there has to be a separation at some point for there to be some healthiness. But... I get what you're saying. I get it. I get it. I don't really know how that um, plays a role in balance because I don't think... And I guess that is the role. That, that is the thing. The balance is there is integration, which is good sometimes. But the balance to that is that then you also have to be able to turn things off. Yes. And separate. Which is hard. Which is hard. The iPhone has brought all these things together... And which makes it challenging, but it also creates opportunities to do it all together at the same time. This is a debate. I have a feeling you're listening to this going, I agree with Andre. Or you might have a feeling like, I agree with Jeff. This could be a great debate for your next date night. Or you can hit us up <laughs> on Instagram at loverwork. Oh, are we going to share a little bit about what's coming up? Oh, yeah, yeah, Jeff, that was the, one of the biggest questions was, who are we interviewing in Next. the future, yeah, people, yeah, coming up. What's coming up? People always want to know when they see us, who's, who do you got coming up next? Well, to be honest, we're always trying to book more people. It's hard. Trying to book four, four busy people all at the same time for one interview. Who are all working in very important work. It's yeah, hard. It's hard. So, so tell us a few kind of glimpses. Well, a couple of people, things we're excited about. Uh, this week, we're actually interviewing two of our really good friends around foster care. Yes. So if you are interested in foster care, have questions about foster care, that will be coming soon. So you really want to listen to that episode. They both have incredible stories. And um, man, our, our good friends, Brad and Christy Montague. That's going to be good. What What's Brad known for? for he, those well, both don't... of them really created yeah. Kid President. Um, and he has a book coming out early next year, which we can't wait to read. Um, he's an incredible creative mind. She is an incredible creative mind. Artists. Two, two creatives in the same family. We can't wait for this interview. <laughs> That'll be fun. And one more is the is Jessica Honiger and her husband. She's the creator of Noonday Collection. Um, they do fair trade goods from all over the world. They source them and sell them in homes. And uh, she's got an incredible book around courage that we're going to learn a lot about from her. We just have, we have some good good people coming. Good that's stuff but that's coming. only three of a whole bunch more to come. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you'll keep listening because we got good stuff coming your way. Love or work. That is another episode. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by DJ Obdiggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.